Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Hey everybody, you are seated at Redemption's table. Glad you're with us. I have the awesome privilege today to talk about a friend of mine. I wish I had more friends like Sue Ann DeBoer. She imitated God. She impacted a lot of lives, including my own. I'm delighted to bring her life to the table today. Now, Sue Ann went home to be with the Lord in December of 2014, so I invited one of Sue Ann's biggest fans, her sister, Tammy DeBoer Rowe, to come to the table to talk about Sue Ann. I want to ask you a question before we get started. Whenever you encounter a person with Down syndrome, what goes through your mind? I hope that today's podcast enlarges your perspective because Sue Ann was born with Down syndrome which is a little ironic to me when you stop to consider how beautifully she stepped up to life. This is a beautiful person we're going to be talking about today. It's a beautiful story. I'm glad you're with us. Let's get started. Well, welcome to Redemption's Table. I am sitting here right now at Top of the River Restaurant with a dear, dear friend, Tammy DeVore Rowe. Welcome to the table, Tammy. Thank you, Robert. What an honor to be asked. We just enjoyed supper, you and I and your husband, Clay. And I had the fried shrimp. And I had the broiled catfish fillets. Shared it with Clay. Delicious. We're we're in Gadsden, Alabama. Yes. I think I have eaten at this restaurant, but it's been like 35, 40 years ago, something like that. Wow. Well, thank you for meeting with me, and, and Clay, thank you for joining in and being here. Uh, we're, we're sitting in a beautiful place, and uh, we're right here on the river. I'm glad you have come to this special table, because to me this is a special table in regard to this is the first time on this podcast that the person that we are focused on tonight is not here. You're going to be talking about your sister. That's right. And her name? My sister's name is Sue Ann, Sue Ann DeBoer, and she was a very special person. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. And I'm excited about talking about her. We're going to get to her story in just a moment, but just to start us off, Tammy, your journey. How has uh, the incredible gift of redemption 
impacted your life, your journey? Well, you had prepared me a little bit for this and you said to, to talk about my journey to faith. And I was raised in a Christian home. My, our prayer for our children uh, has always been, and for our grandchildren will be, uh, that they would never know a time when they didn't know Christ mm -hmm. as their Savior and Lord. Um, so really, as I look back, that's how I was raised. I remember being a little girl, and we had a Jewish family that we were friends with. We lived in New Jersey, and we went to see them around Christmas time, and they uh, didn't have a Christmas tree. I thought that was odd. I didn't know that they were Jewish. I didn't know what that was as a little girl. So on the way home, my parents, I asked them, where's their Christmas tree? And they said, well, they don't, they're Jewish. They don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. They're still waiting for Messiah to come. And I went, we'll turn the car around. We got to go tell him he's already <laughs> come. <laughs> so as a little girl, I guess I had a little bit of that evangelism, you know, in me that, uh, that has stayed true throughout the years, you know, the evangelist. Um, but as I grew up, I did ch choose Christ as my personal savior, um, joined the church. Um, I remember Wales Goebel, do you remember, mm -hmm, did, yeah. did you know him? He was the youth evangelist in the area in the 1970s, and he came to my church, did a youth revival, and I remember him saying, and I, at this time, I had already made a profession of faith, but at this time, he said, if you don't know for sure that if you were to die tonight that you are going to heaven, you can have that assurance. And I didn't know for sure. I hoped that I would, but I didn't have the assurance of faith. He said, you know, if you'll come forward, we'll have somebody talk to you and share some scripture with you and pray with you. So I went forward and I got the assurance of faith. You know, the scripture does say that, you know, we can know uh, that we have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Jesus himself said that. So um, I've never doubted that. And I, I think as I've gotten old through the years, I, I just realized what a gift of grace that is yeah. to have that assurance and not not doubt um, you know I grew up had sowed some wild oats in college but uh, God was always there either disciplining me and um, making me know that I wasn't doing right um, the only thing it you know doing things you shouldn't do did was separate me from him right. and keep me from having that sweet relationship with him and it was his uh, kindness that and love that wooed me into a relationship with him soon after college that I just haven't turned back from that so um, I guess that's my journey to faith okay and, and the beginning. I, saw, I saw evidence <laughs> of that relationship, deepened relationship. You and I have a special connection. We are both graduates of Thompson High School, Go class Warriors. of 77. <laughs> yeah. And we were together at, I think, the 
35th yes. anniversary uh, back in 2012. And I noticed your Christ-like spirit and the depth at that point. And I, I think I've told you since, I think I've told you a couple of times, uh, you are like a sister to me. Uh, and well, thank uh, just you. The, but the, the connection between us is the bond of, of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I'm grateful for our friendship. Thank um, you. I'm grateful for it as well. And now, we're going to talk about your sister, Sue Ann. Yes. You, when your mother was pregnant with Sue Ann, mm-hmm. you, had, you, sh- you shared a story with me about a prayer that you began praying for Sue Ann before she was born. Let's pick up with that. Okay. So I was a seven-year-old in second grade, and I attended a Christian school in New Jersey. And this year was the first year I was attending in a different location, same school, different location. So my mom would drive me to school in the morning, and we were passing this building, this stately building. It was pretty. And it, got, it caught my attention. I said, what? Mom, what is that? And she said, well, it's a sanatorium. Sanatorium, that's a big word for a little girl. What is that? And she explained to me that that was a place where people with mental retardation and mental illness uh, lived. Mm-hmm. People t- took care of them. I said, what is mental retardation? What is that? She said, well, it's a condition people are born with. Uh, and it takes them longer to learn things. Mm-hmm. They just aren't born with the mental capacity to, to learn things normally at a normal rate. And they're born that way. Um, so from that, from that day forward, and my mom was pregnant at the time, early pregnancy, I guess she just found out, I purposed in my heart to pray every day that this baby that was growing in my mama's tummy would be healthy mm-hmm. and normal. Those were the words I prayed every single day at bedtime. I said my bedtime prayers. And by normal, I meant exactly not mentally retarded. Mm-hmm. God knew what I meant. I meant normal, not mentally <laughs> retarded. And um, so for... I don't know how many months I did that. So the day came when Sue Ann was born and she was beautiful. She was just the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. And she was perfect. And I just rejoiced and thanked God for giving her to us and answering my prayers. And a few days later, maybe weeks, I, I can't tell you the timeline, um, but we were having Sunday dinner. I remember sitting around the table with mom and dad, and they said, we need to <clears throat> tell you something. My little brother, he was five years old. I, I was eight years old by now. They said, um, Sue Ann is mongoloid. Mm-hmm. That was the term they used a lot back then because they kind of look Mongolian. Mm-hmm. They had the slanted eyes. I went, what's that? And they said, well, she's mentally retarded. She has Down syndrome. And I didn't, I didn't accept that. I said, who told you that? How do they know? 
I said, they, they have to be wrong because God answered my prayers. And they said, honey, it's true. And I couldn't say another word. And I got up from the table and I walked in the other room and I just had to look at her in, in the bassinet and I just stared at her and I, I said, God, I don't understand. She's perfect. She's beautiful. This is mentally retarded. I, I just, I don't understand. So I was devastated, yet here before me was this beautiful human being. Mm -hmm. And my parents, who they themselves were devastated, but they never showed it to my brother and I. They always just um, told us that uh, she was special. She was going to need a lot more love and a lot more support. Um, and that God had chosen our family because we were special because we could give her that love and support. Mm -hmm. They also told us that a lot of people in the world wouldn't understand and they might be cruel. They would make fun of our sister because she was mentally retarded. They might even make fun of us because we had a mentally retarded sister. And that happened just mm -hmm. weeks after. You know, I, would, I was surprised, but I wasn't shocked because mom and dad had prepared me. And they also, you know, explained to me, they just don't understand. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. They don't understand. Just forgive them and go on, which I did. They were not my friends. Yeah. <laughs> they were kids in the neighborhood that didn't become friends of mine um, by my choice. But, uh, but anyway... Uh, that's that's how it started for me, my perspective yeah. of um, how Sue Ann came to the family. And I'm going to ask God one day <laughs> uh, why he had me pray that. You know, I know why Sue Ann was born mentally retarded. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about some of the ways she impacted mm -hmm. my life, others, your life. Um, her community um, but but I just think that's really curious uh, I want the one thing I do know is that I I learned at a very young age that no matter how faithfully I prayed and as pure a heart as an eight-year-old seven-year-old can have in their prayers mm -hmm. um, God can say no to them yeah. and it's going to be okay and God knows best yes and he has a greater plan I mean I didn't know best I didn't know you know that having a mentally retarded sister would be one of the most amazing parts of my life yeah. but it was now, when I think of Sue Ann and I think of how to describe Sue Ann her Down syndrome would have been way down the list. Oh, and she has Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, being in ministry all these years, from time to time, there would be uh, those with Down syndrome in our church. 
and I would I, I, about 20 years ago I I came upon a conclusion and I realized my conclusion is is lived from the perspective of someone who's definitely on the outside looking in not there in the day to day to day but uh, you used the word normal a, mom a moment ago and I, I look at Down syndrome individuals and I'm like they are the most loving, the most compassionate, uh, the most forgiving uh, individuals overall you see they get mad and then they seem to get over it and, they do. and, and I'm like my theory is this I'm, I'm, I, and I've said this for the last 20 years I'm like I think that we are the ones who are not normal. They're the normal ones. <laughs> They're God's normal. They're God's normal. Uh, just pure, genuine love. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, and I don't think of I don't think of Sue Ann in that way. Uh, even though, yeah, she was a Down syndrome child, and I think this this discussion we're having at the table today is pertinent for the day and age in which we live. Mm. Uh, there are parents, uh, to, to future parents, who, you know, we know so much more now. I think your mom didn't find out, your mom and dad didn't know until weeks after she was born. Right. They, they couldn't tell right away. Mm -hmm. they, she had physical symptoms, mm -hmm. you know, her eyes, um, a lazy tongue, just different things that were... Um, uh, some characteristics mm -hmm. of someone with Downs, but they, to confirm it, they had to do some lab work, and that took a while. Yeah. And nowadays, that can be diagnosed almost from the get-go when someone becomes pregnant. Or before, uh, yeah, yeah, when they become, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were about to say as soon as they're born, but before yeah. they're born. Yes. And I'm, but I think of Sue Ann, I'm like, she was a dynamo. Uh, she, she impacted my life. She impacted a lot of lives. Describe your little sister. I've picked a couple of words, dynamo. How would you describe Sue Ann? She, she was loving. She was funny. She was fun. Um, she was determined. She was stubborn. <laughs> she never gave up when she set her mind to do something. It was gonna be done, Kim. Hill or high water, it was gonna be done, and she was gonna rally the troops to get it done. <laughs> yeah, I understand that birthdays were a huge deal to her. Oh yeah. I received a birthday invitation right after I moved back from Alabama, and I thought I was—I consider this is such an honor, and so <laughs> and, and, and I would have. Yeah, I did. I went to her birthday party. I would rather have done that than going to the governor's mansion. But then when I thought I was special, and then when I get there, it's like, oh, everybody's here. Everybody gets invited to the party. Everybody. 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 Yeah. You know, and sometimes there might be five people. Some years there might have been five people that showed up. The year you came is probably the year that 75 people yeah. showed up in the backyard. And we never knew. We never knew who she invited. I mean, we knew some of the people, but if, if she met you and liked you, she got your phone number yeah. and your address. And, she, and you were getting an invitation to her birthday party because she started planning it for next year, the day after her birthday. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she was, and even the years when there were just five people that showed up, she didn't care. Yeah. She was excited that they were there, you know. So she, she just had a party regardless. <laughs>
Well, I'm going to tell a story sometime, and I think I'll go ahead and tell it now. We were at that reunion, 35th year reunion. I had been coaxed into performing Elvis. That's what I did in high yep. school. I had not taken Elvis, Elvis out of mothballs. I did a couple of times for my daughter in her high school because it was discovered that I did Elvis. <laughs> but I was just, at that particular year, it was 2012, I was not in the mood to sing. I turned them down, I turned y'all down the first time y'all asked. Mm -hmm. I was on the committee that planned, I remembered and, asking you. I guess uh, Reba. Reba, Reba was back. relentless. Yeah, Reba was <laughs> relentless, and I finally said, okay, I'll do it. And it was a difficult night for me in preparing and going in that night. And when I got there, I began to relax, and I just wanted to spend a lot of time. I was by myself, um, and I just wanted to visit as many of classmates as I possibly could. But I also had in the back of my mind, I've got to perform, then I can relax. And so I did the Elvis thing, the two or three songs, however many I sang. Yeah, you were amazing. God's good. <laughs> He's doing a great job. God has a sense of humor, too. Uh, and, and so I did the Elvis, I was relaxing, and suddenly I'm, I have a tap on my shoulder. And it's Sue Ann. And when I glanced at Sue Ann, all I saw was female. I was not dancing with anybody that night. I just resolved in my mind, I'm not dancing with, with no one. And I almost for a split second hesitated, and I realized it hit me, Sue Ann's asking me to dance. Hmm. And I said yes. And uh -huh. it turned into the the moment of moments of all the reunions I've been to, of mm. all the moments I treasure treasure the most. To dance with Sue Ann at that 2012 reunion was the most special moment of the reunions. Aww. Now, I think you said, or somebody later told me, oh, she just thought you were in the band. <laughs> and that kind of burst my bubble a little bit. No, no, I, no. It was no. A precious, precious. She didn't moment. just think you were in the yeah, band. Yeah. She had this, uh, she. She spotted the good-looking men in the room <laughs> and the stars in the room, and you were both. I so she went, she went for you. Yeah. Well, I counted an honor. I'm glad I danced with her. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it was a moment. So tell me, why was it so special? It was special because I had, at that particular time, I believe, uh, I had been separated. Uh, from my wife for about 19 months. And I was I was really downcast that mm. evening. Uh, and it was good for me to do the Elvis, but I was hurting that night. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe she sensed that. Here's somebody who's hurting, even though, anyway. Uh, it, it was, it just, God used her to connect to, to me mm -hmm. at that moment. And it just caught me completely by surprise. Mm. Uh, because I had actually, I never told you this, but it was in that moment as I'm dancing with her, I'm like, I'm dancing with Sue Ann. Sue Ann was the mascot for the Thompson Warriors. She would cheer alongside you. It, 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 I mm -hmm. was so caught up in what I was going through and I was caught up in having to do the Elvis thing that it was only at that particular moment it hit me. I remember Sue Ann. Aww. And I haven't seen her, you know, she was, I don't know, second grade, maybe the last time I'd seen her, third mm -hmm. grade. And it was just really special, tender moment. Yeah. So. You know, I was blown away at, at the reunion and 
I guess we had a 10-year and a 20-year, and then that 35th year was the, the next one we yeah, had. Yeah, they lost me on the 20th. I never got an invitation, <laughs> so I don't know what happened. <laughs> I wasn't in charge. <laughs> but I was just, I was surprised and, and amazed at how many people asked me about Sue Ann. And I just didn't realize what an impact she must have had on everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. she was front and center a lot. The school was gracious to let her be our little mascot mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just basically do whatever she wanted yeah. to do. Um, there was so much love and, you know, giving from the community. But through the years, I was, I just didn't realize until I'd go back to those reunions and people would ask me about her. Mm -hmm. And that, 35th reunion, uh, Margaret Cost, uh, she said, I think you should invite Sue Ann to the reunion. <laughs> I went, really? She said, yeah, let's, let's include her. She'll be our spe special guest. And everybody will love to see her. And, and she loved it. Yeah. She really did. She had a blast. I think she probably had the best time of anyone there. <laughs> I think she did. And I have to say, go Margaret. As you yeah. I know you're going to listen to this, Margaret. Way to go, Margaret. So, yeah. Did, were there Sue Ann-isms? You know, the gospel according to Sue Ann, things she said often. Uh, any of those things come to your mind? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I made some notes. She, well, one thing she would say is, whatever. She and said that before it became popular. Yeah. Okay. She probably is the originator. She, she might have been. But whenever she said whatever, it meant that whatever she was asking for or wanted to do and she was being told no or it couldn't happen, she would say whatever and it was going to happen. <laughs> it was eventually going to happen. She was going to figure out how to make it happen. So, you know, that, and we quote her, you know, now we say, whatever, because that's how she <laughs> talked. Um, I remember a funny story. So when I was in school, in college, I was a speech path major. I went on, got my master's in audiology, so I wasn't a speech pathologist, but in, I did train for that in undergrad. So when I'd come home, I'd practice on Sue Ann. And first thing I tried to do is work on articulation. And there was one word that she could not say, and that was spaghetti. She would I say, I can't say the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't ask me because I didn't help Sue Ann much. <laughs> but she, she would say, Paschetti. And so I spent about 30 minutes one day teaching her how to articulate spa. She'd say, spa. Geh, geh, d, d, and I said, now spaghetti. She went paschetti. <laughs> <laughs> so we try a different approach, and you know she got it when we broke it down to syllables. But when we pulled pulled them all together, paschetti. And after probably about thirty minutes, she went up oh, noodles. <laughs> <laughs> So she was, she was smart. She was not stupid. She just figured, hey, I can't say this word. I'm going to come up with a word that works just as well. Well, she was involved in a lot of things. She was. What were some of the things she was involved in? 
Well, um, she worked for the Shelby County YMCA. Okay. Um, when she finished high school, um, she she wanted to work. She didn't want to just sit home and and do nothing and watch TV all day. Um, and the United Way uh, would hire special needs employees. Mm -hmm. So they gave her a job. <clears throat> One of the funny stories about that was that early on, the, the North Shelby County YMCA, uh, she was one of their earliest employees. Um, she was there and they were preparing for a board meeting for the board members and patrons and she was helping prepare for it, but she was not invited to attend the meeting. And she was fuming mad because she wanted to be part of the meeting. I guess she thought it was gonna be a party or something. <laughs> and she'd come home just stomping around and mad and complain about it to my mother. And after about a week of that, mother said just forget it it's not going to happen that meeting is for board members and sue ann said well when joe hall mr joe hall hired me he reached over and said welcome aboard <laughs> i are a board member <laughs> That's funny. so yeah did she play drums at the church she too? did she okay. did um and I just think back to even when we lived in New Jersey, the pastor at the church announced to the whole church that Sue Ann had not only been given to our family, but had been given to our church family, and that we were all gonna take care of her and, and help raise her. So we had wonderful support there. And then uh, when we moved to Alabama, uh, we joined New Hope Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and they always just loved her, accepted her, even let her sing in the choir, even though she couldn't carry a tune. She, they would say, sing more quietly, Sue Ann, <laughs> and she would. <laughs> but, but yeah, she finally found her niche um, with percussion. She mm -hmm. had, she could keep beat, you know, keep a beat and keep rhythm. So she would play the. Um, drums, the little conga, bongo, whatever you call them, mm -hmm. those drums, and um, do the little shakers, and um, she loved that. She also taught herself how to do sign language. Ooh. I had a textbook from my college days called The Joy of Signing. Yes, I know the book. Do you? I do. And it's such a apropos title for the mm -hmm. way Sue Ann used it because she she would teach herself uh, sign language she taught herself the alphabet that's how she would study for her spelling test at school wow. which was great and it was a kinesthetic way I mean she thought of this herself a kinesthetic way of reinforcing you know learning how to spell mm -hmm. but then later she uh, she taught her, she'd have a favorite song, a song that might move her. One was um, Green Greenwood's God Bless America. Okay. What's his name? Uh, I'm proud to be an American. Lee Greenwood. Lee Greenwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I'm proud to be American. Well, I thought he did God Bless America too. Anyway, she taught herself how to uh, 
do sign language to God Bless America. And she performed it anywhere people would let her. Um, and one of her favorite vacations was to go on a cruise. Uh -huh. And you know, on cruise ships, if you've ever been, they have a talent show night usually. So she'd always sign up for it. And she, she dressed up and um, red, white, and blue. And she would do God Bless America with sign language beautifully and bring the house down. Everybody would come, come to their feet with, in a standing ovation, you know, whenever she did that. Wow. So she was, I remember coming back from a cruise with her one time. We left out of New Orleans and we we're coming back through Mississippi, stopped at a rest area, was in, in the restroom. And Sue Ann was talking to some ladies and they said, uh, Sue Ann, how you doing? And so I said, how do you know my sister? And uh, they said, oh, we were on a cruise together. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're so, traveling with a, <laughs> with a celebrity. With a celebrity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was one of the funniest things she ever said to you? Well, that noodles thing. The noodles thing? Yeah, that, that's the funniest thing. What, what was remember. one of the tenderest things she ever said to you? Uh, She wrote a letter to me, um, a thank you letter. I guess this isn't her saying it, but it really touched my heart. Um, her last year of life, she, she had been diagnosed with a pre-leukemia condition and she, um, it, she didn't want to die. And, you know, we were praying for her and I had, you know, asked friends to pray for her, put her on their prayer list, and she wrote me a letter thanking me mm. for that. Um, it was simple, but you know, just just for her to think. I mean, she had told me thank mm -hmm. you, but to go to the effort to handwrite yeah. a, a letter because it might take her a week to write down something because wow. her fine motor skills weren't weren't the best, but she would do it. So. Was she an Alabama or an Auburn fan? Oh, big Alabama I fan. I thought that was right. <laughs> I think she yep. had her photo made with... Uh, Bear Bryant. Yeah, yeah. She was the poster child for the Association for Retarded Citizens when she was a little girl. My mom was the founder and first president of that uh, chapter in Shelby County. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then statewide, Sue Ann was selected as the poster child. She was an adorable little girl. You remember her as a mm -hmm. little girl. Mm -hmm. um, so she got her picture made with a lot of um, uh, celebrities. Mm -hmm. um, and I went with her to meet Bear Bryant. The whole family did. Wow. <laughs> I remember asking her probably a couple of years before before she died. I said, do you remember meeting Bear Bryant? She said, yeah. I said, do you remember if he said anything to you? Because he, he seemed quiet. I don't remember him really talking when we were in his office. And she said, yeah. I said, what did he say? She said, well, he asked me if I wanted to sit in his lap and if I wanted to wear his hat. 
Did she wear his hat? She did. Wow. <laughs> wow. I bet he did not make that offer very often. Very often. often. No. Yeah, I think he had to be special to get that yeah. offer. Yeah. You'd shared a story with me, and it may be a story you can share, or maybe another similar account. How did your family's relationship with Sue Ann impact other, other families? Well, I would like to share uh, one, a classmate of ours, Robert, yeah. reached out to me. I haven't seen her. Is this okay to, yeah. to share it yeah, at this time? Yeah, if it's time? okay with her, it would be yes. Yeah, I, I um, asked Kathy if I could um, share this, and she has allowed me to, mm -hmm. um, Kathy Martin. Um, so in 2013, we had connected via Facebook, mm -hmm. um, but she sent me this private message. And if, if you, can I read it? Yeah, it's just, she sure, she's such sure a great is. writer, and I will just not do it justice if yeah, I try do. to. Okay, she's. Tammy, I'd like to share with you what happened to me. In my third pregnancy, late in the first trimester, my doctor told me that my alpha feta protein test came back very high that I had a very good chance of having a mentally retarded or Downs baby. They really wanted to do an amniocentesis test to rule out Downs, but it had a 25% chance of causing a miscarriage at the time. The doctor wanted us to hurry and make a decision about it because abortion was the only option if it were positive. I thought about your family a lot. I thought about how loving Sue Ann was and about how happy your family seemed. Up until I had met you at all, up until I had met you all at church, I'd always heard about kids and adults being put away when they had such severe disabilities. I knew that we could never have an abortion because of our belief in God. The only viable option for me was to trust God. I thought about you all during my entire pregnancy. We chose not to share this information with family and friends. Only my pastor and a couple of people knew about it. I really want you to know that knowing you and your family helped me so much. It gave me so much peace and helped me build my faith. I knew that if God did give us a child with Downs, that he would also give us the strength to persevere in this situation. And I kept saying to myself that children with Downs are so very loving. I was thinking of Sue Ann. When Kaylee was born, she was perfect. She was not mentally retarded. She was born with a white birthmark on her arm in the perfect shape of a heart. I know that God wanted to teach us faith, but in his infinite wisdom, he had placed your family in my path to hold on to as an example. I think it helps to know sometimes what God has done, just so we can look back and smile and know how much he cares for us. That's beautiful. And I never would have known that story had she not, you know, been prompted, I think, by the Lord to share it with me. And even to this day, I don't think she had told anybody else. Yeah. That's why I asked her permission. And um, I think there are probably so many more 
stories that I don't know about that uh, that in heaven one day I'll get to see the the whole picture and you know but I appreciate the encouragement and getting the little snippets of you know stories um, well I do see you know what she's referring to the grace in your entire family mm-hmm. as you're reading that I was I, the thought just struck me I know the diamonds are created with great pressure mm. and I believe grace is a byproduct of a similar you know of the of the pressures in our life uh, I think a lot of times people just assume well you show grace oh you're just a gracious person but no and I think the most stunning grace comes when maybe you realize there's a lot to the story there's a lot of pressure uh, that has impacted a person's life Uh, and as I read your mom's account about the very early days you know back then the doctor didn't even want to talk to her about it and uh, I just thought wow that's uh, I don't know that 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 just it lacked a a certain amount of empathy at the moment Mm -hmm. and but Again, these are these are things they've walked a great journey. Mm-hmm. They've been blessed a great measure, as you well know. I'm just sitting here, just a, an observer from the outside. But I think you know the grace that we exhibit in our lives is just not an automatic thing, it, and it's made even more beautiful when we've walked through challenges mm-hmm. that have had such beautiful, uh, beautiful additions, mm-hmm. like like Sue Ann is right uh, you you were asking me about you know what's the most tender thing she said uh, to me i i think of a moment well let me just back up um i'm glad you can edit things because i i can talk I, about sue ann a lot yeah. <laughs> so take out what you what you will but um i what what god did for me in giving me Sue Ann, the mental retardation that I asked him not to do. Mm -hmm. He gave Sue Ann to me to show me that unconditional love, the kind that's talked about in scripture, the Mm -hmm. kind you read about in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, that's God's love. Um, Zuann was not perfect, but my goodness, she loved so easily. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do anything to earn her love. I didn't do anything to deserve her love. She just loved me. Mm-hmm. She loved me big because I was her sister. Yeah. That's all, because I was her sister. And I think, like, and my family, we weren't real demonstrative in our affection. Um, even to this day, you know, my dad would tell you that. You know, mm-hmm. he's not a touchy-feely, huggy person. But my goodness, that changed when Sue Ann came into the family because she's going to hug you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's going to, you know, be affectionate. Um, but God... 
God brought her in, not just the, the physical touch and hug, but, you know, that truly he knew you were loved. Yeah. And I think, I think that's probably why I just so easily received God's love. You know, it's, that's a gift. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So the, the most tender thing I remember about um, Sue Ann was I was in labor with my youngest child and I'd had an epidural, but it worked on only half of, half of my body. The other half, I felt excruciating pain. Well, everybody showed up um, whenever I was having babies. Mm -hmm. So everybody was in the room talking and and I am hurting and irritable and I asked them all to leave and um, Sue Ann wouldn't leave. Hmm. I got a little frustrated with her because I was like I just want to be still and quiet, turn the lights off, let me try to work through this pain. She wouldn't leave and then she reached up and she grabbed my hand and this peace rushed through my body. Wow. And she just, she didn't say anything. She just patted me and, you know, loved on me and made everything better. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's beautiful. Mm. From your unique perspective, what is the treasure of every single life? Well, we all have a purpose. And God created each one of us for His purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think Sue Ann and people like Sue Ann, um, their minds aren't cluttered with all the worries that, that we allow to clutter our lives. Mm -hmm. um, those of us who are normal or gifted or whatever, but uh, I learned from Sue Ann, especially, and people like her that I learned how to live. Mm. Um, and she taught me how to die. We, we lost her in, um, on Christmas Eve, uh, 2014. But um, she was diagnosed with a pre-leukemia condition uh, that would soon thereafter become full-fledged leukemia. We were in the doctor's office uh, to hear that diagnosis. I was there with my mom and dad and Sue Ann. Mom and dad had decided that Sue Ann needed the truth, that, you know, They'd always treated her, you know, like an adult once she became an adult. So, uh, so the doctor very gently but honestly explained to her that she was sick and that she was going to become sicker, uh, that her illness was something that wasn't going to get better. Um, she could get some chemotherapy which might prolong her life a couple of months or more, but uh, her quality of life would be compromised. She would be in and out of the hospital uh, every other week. Um, 
and the doctor said, and you know, this sickness um, will eventually end in death. You know, you're going to die. Um, those are hard words for anyone to hear. Yes. Well, she had to leave the room. Uh, she just got up. She said, I need to go to the bathroom. So she left. She didn't come back into the room. We talked to the doctor a little bit longer. I went and checked on her. But we left the doctor's office. Sue Ann doesn't, isn't saying anything. We get home. She had been thinking all along. And when we got home, she said, Dad, I've been thinking. I don't want chemotherapy. I want to go on a cruise. <laughs> and I want to swim with the dolphins. <laughs> so that's what we did. Wow. So we talked with the doctor. He, he cleared us to go, said, if you're going to go, go soon. Go ahead and plan it within the next month. And we did. We took a cruise. Um, out of New Orleans to Cozumel, Costa Maya. Um, we swam with the dolphins. And, um, you know, that's the way to live when you're dying. Yeah. She also danced with the stars. She oh, just yeah. gave me a beautiful memento of this evening, something you had given to uh, Sue Ann. Sue Ann. But tell us about dancing with the stars. Okay, it's she priceless. was a. Okay, she loved stars. She had this thing about star. She loved stars. She loved people who were stars. <laughs> she wanted my brother to name his daughter Star. <laughs> he did not. But um, she had this thing for stars or maybe stardom <laughs> so anyway she loved dancing with the stars and on the cruise ship they had you know they always put on activities that you can do well you said you've not been on a cruise but they they put on some fun things for you to do yeah. so they one night they were going to do dancing with the stars oh sue ann heard that she said oh oh let's do that can i do that so we went and signed her up and of course not everyone who signed up could do it because right. there are too many people they had to pick I think like maybe 10 people out of the crowd so they noticed when she wrote her name down and they crumpled it up so that when they stuck their hand in the bucket they could feel which one was hers because they <laughs> wanted her to be picked so they picked her and she had this precious partner. He was so sweet to her, and they danced. I mean, they were pretty good. She, like I said before, she had really great rhythm. Uh -huh. She loved to dance. As you know, you yes, danced with her. And so they made it to the finals, and she leans over to her partner, and she said, you know, if we're going to win, we have to do a lift like they did in Dirty Dance. <laughs> <laughs> And they did. They did. Did they win? <laughs> they won. They she won. got the trophy. Wow. <laughs> it just, it made her night. It made her world, you know. That's it was priceless. Just, it was, it was great. That's Sue Ann. Yeah, that's Sue Ann. If you could sum her life up in one word or one phrase, what would that be? Well, that is a huge challenge in and of itself. <laughs> But love. Love. Yeah. 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 There, 
There are two things I learned from Sue Ann. Love and I call it a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. A growth mindset says, I don't think I know how to do that, but I can learn. Hmm. And that's what she did. Yeah. I mean, if she wanted to learn something, she, she learned it. It might have taken her 10 times longer than everybody else, but she learned it. Um, a fixed mindset says, I don't know how to do that. I'm not even going to try because I can't. Yeah. So, love and that growth mindset are the the two things that I think sum up who she was. Yeah. This has been a rich evening, and I want to thank you, and I want to thank Clay for sitting down to this table and spending this time. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to keep encouraging you to write that book or you know, <laughs> somehow, because uh, there's so much to, I mean, every life, there's so much there. Yeah, and yeah. There's so much we could fill half a dozen podcasts. True. Uh, talking about her, but she was uh, truly a special individual mm. used by God in my life and so many lives in your life. And mm. So thank you for this time. Thanks for letting me talk about her. You're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm going to read Psalm 139. Okay. Uh, and close this out with that. Usually I, I'd say party of redemption, your table is now available. This, <laughs> this is going to be our benediction mm-hmm. or our ble- table blessing for those of you who are listening in. Psalm mm-hmm. 139, 13 through 16 says this, For you created my inbo- inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Mm. What a wonderful gift we have in in life. Yes. And uh, thank you for sharing your perspective, Sue Ann's life, and also for sharing your, your life with me, you and Clay both. Thank you for coming to the table tonight. Thank you, Robert. You're welcome. For y'all listening, uh, we'll see you back here next Monday morning. And we'll say good night.